Section 7 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jordan Hazelrig. Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1. Section 7. Wednesday. The seventh. My soul enjoyed great peace, and the day was partly spent in religious visits. The next day my mind was in the same comfortable frame, and holy thoughts of God, with strong desires to do all the things with a single eye to his glory, as well as to follow his divine precepts, possessed my peaceful heart. Friday, the ninth. This day was, as yesterday, a day of peace and it was with great satisfaction I preached in the evening, though cold, to a considerable number of people, on the much-neglected duty of self-denial. Lord's Day, the 11th. I went through my morning exercises in church as usual, and in the afternoon heard Mr. C. preach a good sermon. But a more gay and undevout congregation I have seldom seen they were talking, laughing, bowing, and trifling both with God and their minister, as well as with their own unawakened souls. On Tuesday, I took my leave of New York, after preaching from Philippians 1.9, with an intention to spend some time on Staten Island, on my way to Philadelphia. During my stay on the island, I preached several times, with power and satisfaction, but was sometimes greatly assaulted by Satan. Hitherto the Lord hath helped me. Glory to his name. He preserves and blesses my soul. He supplies me with all things necessary for the preservation and health of my body. May I be ever careful to please him and devote all the powers of body and soul to his service. Thursday, the 15th. I preached for the first time on this visit in Philadelphia on Ruth 2.4. Many people attended, and the Lord filled my heart with holy gladness. All things are in peace here. From Saturday the 17th till Thursday the 22nd was spent in the Jerseys, where I preached at different places and often to large congregations. The Lord was frequently with me in mercy and power, and my heart was greatly enlarged. How I long to be more holy, to live more with God and for God. Troubles encompass me about, but the Lord is my helper. Before my return to Philadelphia, I had the pleasure of seeing the foundation laid of a new preaching house, 35 feet by 30. Then I returned and preached on Thursday evening, the Lord being with me. Friday, the 23rd. This morning my mind was in a calm and even frame, sweetly fixed on God as its prime object. But I greatly long for more grace, to receive esteem or disesteem with equal cheerfulness, to be something or nothing, as God would have me to be. My heart was at liberty while employed in speaking for God this evening. Tuesday, the 27th. The Lord has graciously assisted me in preaching every day, 
and my desires to be entirely devoted do still increase. But alas, what cause have I to mourn the want of life and zeal, both in public and private duties? Nevertheless, it is my determination to offer all I have to God. May he give me more to offer, and graciously accept the offering made. Had much conversation with A.W., but found him unwilling to spend all his time in traveling. However, he agreed to take a part with I.K. So my intention is to send them to the upper part of the Jerseys, where they may labor alternately, a fortnight at a time. Thursday, the 29th. Mr. S. is just come from England, with strange accounts of their Calvinistic disputes. My mind is rather low, but serene and spiritual, and determined to follow Christ. How greatly do I long to die to every object which does not lead me to God! Blessed Master, hasten the time when I shall love Thee according to the full extent of that desire which Thou hast given me. Saturday, the 31st. This was a day of delightful rest to my soul. After preaching in the morning, I spent part of the day in visiting some souls in distress. In the evening, I preached again on these words, Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? My mind was much enlarged, perhaps to the offense of some, while showing the particular marks of such as do but cumber the ground in the Lord's vineyard. Lord's Day, May 2nd. My soul was favored both yesterday and this morning, with delightful and intimate accesses to God. In preaching this morning from these words, Try the spirits whether they be of God, I took occasion to show, first, that this is the duty of all that profess religion, and secondly, that they should bring their experience and practice to the word of God, to know if they be genuine. After preaching to a large congregation in the evening, I met the society and thought it necessary to deal closely with the members. Thursday, the 6th. After spending a few days in a country tour, preaching to many people at Goshen, Marlboro, and other places, with some assistance, I returned and preached in Philadelphia this evening, on the subject of the stony ground hearers. Some perhaps were displeased with me, but I must declare the whole counsel of God and leave the event to him. This day a letter from Mr. Weasley came to hand, dated March 2nd, in which he informs me that the time of his coming over to America is not yet, being detained by the building of the new chapel. Lord's Day, the ninth. My heart was much affected last evening, while many of the people felt the power of God. And this day my soul was filled with sweet peace. I had also the pleasure of hearing Mr. T preach with great sensibility. Monday, the 10th. Visiting several families today afforded me great comfort of mind, and in preaching this evening, with close application to those who pursue carefully more than heavenly pleasures, my soul was filled with peace. Traveling through the Jerseys, I met with W.B., a man who has a great regard for us, but seems to be too much taken up with worldly cares. But speaking faithfully and closely to him, I showed him the deceitfulness of riches, 
in producing a spirit of independence towards God, hardness of heart, and pride in its various forms, while they promise us safety and happiness. Thursday, the 13th. Through much rain I returned, wet and weary, to Philadelphia, after having preached at several places in the Jerseys, and sometimes with much freedom and power. Many people attended this evening, while I described an honest and good heart, under the similitude of the good ground which received the seed and brought forth fruit. This was free from the hardness of the wayside, from the shallowness of the stony ground, and from the obstructions of the thorny ground. The honesty of the heart appears in its conduct towards God, towards all mankind, and towards itself. As our Lord is pleased to denominate such a heart good as well as honest, is it not very wrong for a Christian to say he has a bad heart? Is not all that the Holy Ghost produces good? And so far as that blessed spirit has changed the heart of a believer, is it not good? Through the unmerited grace of God, I have no desire to seek anything but Him, and that which may lead me to Him. Lord's Day, the 16th. In preaching this morning from Genesis 18:19, I strongly enforced the great necessity of relative duties, and very pointedly pressed the same in meeting the society at night. Monday, the 17th. All this day I was very unwell with a sore throat and violent pain in my head, but I.K. providentially came in and supplied my place. My indisposition continued also on Tuesday, so that I had but little power to read or think. But on Wednesday I found myself, through mercy, much better. Although my body is weak, my soul is strong in the grace of God. May my heart, my lips, my hands, my life, my strength, my all, be constantly devoted to God. Monday, the 24th. Sweet peace pervaded my soul, and my whole heart desired, prayed, longed, and panted to live a more spiritual life by faith in the blessed Son of God. In the evening I preached from Isaiah 62, 6. I have set watchmen, etc., and took occasion, first, to show that the Lord calls, authorizes, and qualifies all faithful ministers, secondly, delineated their character as watchmen, thirdly, observed that they were to keep watch on the walls, fourthly, the duties enjoined, they shall not hold their peace, keep not silence. While opening this passage, the Lord greatly comforted my soul. The next morning I expatiated on Canticles 1-7, and considered, first, the address, Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, secondly, the request, Where thou feedest, etc. This denotes the sincere desire of a true believer, in the time of division or persecution, or general declension of true piety. Thirdly, the humble query, Why should I be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions? This indicates a fear of being exposed to false teachers, who name the name of Christ, but deny him in experience, doctrine, and practice. How fearful is a pious soul 
of turning aside as a forlorn neglected creature, exposed to the malice and designs of devils and ungodly men. Glory to God! Notwithstanding all the assaults of Satan, my soul is preserved in peace, and my heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. My chief desire is to be found obedient and faithful at all times and all occasions. Thursday, the 27th. My text was Isaiah 23:16. He shall dwell on high. His place of defense shall be the munition of rocks, etc. First, I inquired to whom this promise is made. Secondly, how he shall dwell on high. High in faith, love, and church privileges, above the power of Satan, the world, and all dangers, so that none of them shall injure his soul. Thirdly, his defense shall be the munition of rocks. Christ shall be the rock of his defense, and the love, truth, faithfulness, mercy, and power of God shall enclose him on every side. Fourthly, his bread shall be given him, all things needful for life and godliness. Friday, the 28th. It was a gracious season at intercession today. My soul was favored with love and power. Monday, the 31st. I went to Germantown and preached with the freedom and comfort to a large congregation assembled in the Dutch Presbyterian Church. I take God for my sufficient portion and Christ is all in all to me. Tuesday, June 1st. This day my soul was under gracious exercises, and went out in ardent desires after God. He has engrossed all my affections, and my heart is taken up with Him. Thursday, the 3rd. To my great comfort arrived Mr. R, Mr. S, Mr. Y, and Captain W. Mr. R. preached a good sermon on these words. I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. He will not be admired as a preacher, but as a disciplinarian he will fill his place. Lord's Day, the 6th. After preaching both yesterday and this morning at Burlington, I went to church in order to receive the sacrament. But the parson gave us a strange discourse, full of inconsistency and raillery. Leaving him to answer for his own conduct, I took no further notice of it, but preached at night from these words, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, etc., and showed, first, what the things of the Spirit of God are, secondly, described the natural man, and thirdly, showed how they appear to be foolishness to him, and that he cannot know them by the strength of his natural or acquired abilities. The little society in Burlington appears to be in a comfortable and prosperous state. On my way to Trenton, I met A.W. on the road. We stopped at a house, and in the course of conversation I found he was much dejected in his mind. But before we parted he appeared to be somewhat comforted many people attending the preaching at Trenton, though the notice was but short. Thursday, the 10th. 
My soul has been much assaulted lately by Satan, but by the grace of God it is filled with divine peace. My heart thirsteth for God, even for the living God. I wrote to Mr. Wesley today, and in the evening addressed my discourse chiefly to the young people. May the Lord apply it to their hearts. Friday, the 11th. Mr. R. came to Trenton. After dinner and prayer, we set off together for Princeton. On Saturday, we reached New York, and our friends there, having previous notice of our coming, kindly met us on the dock where we landed. The sight of Mr. W., with some other concurring circumstances, affected Mr. R. so that he appeared to be rather cast down in his mind. Lord's Day, the 13th. I preached this morning to a considerable number of people. Mr. R. found his spirits raised and was much comforted. In the afternoon, Mr. R., Captain W., Mr. W., and myself went to St. Paul's Church and received the sacrament. At night, Mr. R. dispensed the word of truth with power. It reached the hearts of many, and they appeared to be much quickened. Monday, the 14th. Many were present while I preached from Second John 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. The Lord favors me with great discoveries of my defects and unfaithfulness. But, blessed be God, my soul is humbled under these discoveries. My soul panteth for more of the divine nature. When shall I be fully conformed to his blessed will? I received a letter this day from that venerable father in Christ, Mr. Wesley. Wednesday, the 16th. Captain W. set out for Albany, and I for New Rochelle. On Thursday, Mr. L. preached at Mr. D.'s, on these words, To them that have obtained like precious faith with us. He spoke plainly, and much to the purpose, though he did not show the necessity of assurance. We had some free and friendly conversation afterward, in which I gave him to understand how we hold this point, that as assurance is suspended on an evangelical act of faith, by which we apply the merits of Jesus Christ for the removal of our guilt, and that we then receive the testimony of the Spirit. Romans 8.16 Lord's Day, the 20th Satan, that malicious enemy of mankind, is frequently striving to break my peace. And the Lord graciously shows me all my involuntary defects, so that my soul is bowed down as in the dust. But Christ is precious, and the Spirit of all grace comforts my heart. This day I preached three times at Mr. D's. The word reached the hearts of many with divine power. Our labors here have not been in vain. Many have a relish for religious exercises and experience the spiritual benefit of frequently meeting together in the name of the Lord. My intention is to form a society here. Monday, the 21st. While preaching at Mr. B's, the Lord favored me with sweet liberty, and there was no small moving amongst the people. Several seemed willing to meet in society here also. Tuesday, the 22nd. I received an account of the case of S.D. She is about 16 years of age 
and has been lately brought under serious and deep concern for the salvation of her soul. A few days after, she was taken ill, and was frequently troubled with fits, which, while they were on her, deprived her of her reason. About three days after she was taken ill, she was justified by faith, and had peace with God. She continued weakly in body about five weeks, but fasted, prayed, and sang, to the astonishment of all about her. After her recovery, she manifested a sound conversion. She had a settled peace, was conscientiously serious, meek, and patient in all her conduct, and the word of God was precious food to her soul. Wednesday, the 23rd. After preaching with some power on these words, Blessed are they that hear the words of God, and keep it. I joined a few in society, and then set off for New York. I called on Mr. B. in my way, who renewed his former kindness, and treated me with great cordiality. On my return to New York, I found Mr. R. had been well employed in settling matters pertaining to the society. This afforded me great satisfaction, and more especially the revival of religion which has lately taken place in this city. Saturday, the 26th. Having preached a few times in New York, since my return I set off for Staten Island. But the heat was so extremely powerful that I stopped at my old friend J.W.'s, and on the Lord's Day heard Mr. P., a Presbyterian minister, preach twice, but thought he was too metaphysical and superficial. In the evening I preached in Mr. W.'s yard, from Hebrews 5.12, Ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles and the oracles of God. My mind is filled with the peace of God, and is drawn out in love to him and all mankind. Blessed be the Lord. Monday, the 28th. While preaching today on Isaiah 62.6, Mr. P., the minister, made one of the congregation. After service, we had some conversation on religious subjects. He had imbibed that absurd scheme of Mr. B.'s, namely, that we are born again before we repent and believe. How strange that any man should suppose the effect is produced before the instrumental causes exist. But, by the grace of God, none of these things shall move me from the gospel plan of salvation. Glory to God. He blesses me with the graces and comforts of his Holy Spirit in my own soul. The next day, Mr. P. attended preaching again. I had lent him Mr. Fletcher's second check. He approved of the latter part, though not of the first. May the truth of God spread here and in every place. Had some serious conversation with Mr. D. and his wife. They both seem to have desires to be instructed in the ways of God, but the people in these parts appear in general to be ignorant of their own hearts, and are in danger of resting in the superficial knowledge of religion without the power. Wednesday, the 30th. Preached at the house of A.W. to more people than were expected, and my soul had near and sweet access to God being filled with that peace which passeth all understanding. Thursday, July 1st. Set off for New York, and having a tedious passage over the North River, 
I spent some time in serious conversation with two men in the boat, and hope it was not in vain. Then I came safe to York, and preached from Habakkuk 3, 2. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. On Friday arrived the sorrowful news of the destruction of Mr. Whitefield's orphan house. As there was no fire in the house, it was supposed to have been set on fire by lightning, which had been in the morning, as some say, accompanied with a sulfurous smell. It broke out in a rapid flame about seven or eight o'clock at night, and consumed the whole building except the two wings. Lord's Day, the 4th. Many people attended preaching both morning and night. In our love feast today, many were touched to the heart, and some were greatly comforted. Lord, let it not be as the morning dew. On Monday, my soul was in a delightful frame. My peace flowed as a river. I had power to resist every temptation of Satan before it could disturb my mind, and my heart was sweetly drawn out in love to all men. Tuesday, the 6th. Having reason to fear that I had been rather too much elevated, my heart was humbled before the Lord, and was now fixed on Him as its all-sufficient good. When shall I appear before Him? Wednesday, the 7th. My soul is happy under a comfortable sense of God. May His grace always enable me to devote myself without reserve to Him. The power of God was present while I preached today, behind the barracks to a number of soldiers and others. Afterward, I met a class and preached again in the evening. But my spirit has been grieved by the faults and deceitful doings of some particular persons. Blessed be God. All are not so. Some are faithful. But what is the chaff to the wheat? One undertook to reprove me, because I went in at a quarter after eight and came out at twenty minutes after nine. What reason have I to be thankful that this is the worst man can reprove me for? Oh, that I had more zeal to preach the word in season and out of season. Friday, the ninth. After intercession, I went to see Mr. L., Mr. S., Mr. W., and myself were charged with winking at the follies of some. We had a little debate on the subject, and Mr. L. was pleased to say he did not know but the church door would be shut against me, and that some persons would not suffer matters to go on so. He moreover told me the preacher's gifts were taken away. How dangerous it is to be addicted to pride and passion, going from house to house, speaking perverse things. Saturday, the 10th. After preaching this evening, I enjoyed a comfortable time in meeting the leaders and band society. My heart was blessed with a lively sense of God's gracious presence. On the Lord's Day, I preached twice with great plainness to a large number of people, and then set off in company with Mr. J. towards Philadelphia. Came safe to the city on Thursday but did not find such perfect harmony as I could wish for. Wednesday, the 14th. Our general conference began, in which the following propositions were agreed to. 1. The old Methodist doctrine and discipline shall be enforced and maintained amongst all our societies in America. 
2. Any preacher who acts otherwise cannot be retained amongst us as a fellow laborer in the vineyard. 3. No preacher in our connection shall be permitted to administer the ordinances at this time, except Mr. S., and he under the particular direction of the assistant. 4. No person shall be admitted, more than once or twice, to our love feasts or society meetings without becoming a member. 5. No preacher shall be permitted to reprint our books without the approbation of Mr. Wesley and the consent of his brethren, and that R. W. shall be allowed to sell what he has but reprint no more. 6. Every assistant is to send an account of the work of God in his circuit to the general assistant. There were some debates amongst the preachers in this conference, relative to the conduct of some who had manifested a desire to abide in the cities and live like gentlemen. Three years out of four have been already spent in the cities. It was also found that money had been wasted, improper leaders appointed, and many of our rules broken. Friday, the 16th. I set off for Chester, and had a comfortable time in preaching. Mrs. W. and two young women in her house appeared to be under some religious concern. May the Lord make bare his holy arm and revive his glorious work. I understand that some dissatisfied persons in New York threatened to shut the church door against Mr. R. If they should be bold enough to take this step, we shall see what the consequence will be, and no doubt but the Lord will bring all their evil deeds to light. Oh, that it may be for the salvation of their precious souls. End of section 7 Recording by Jordan Hazelrig